Well, good afternoon. My name's John T, and it is a great joy to welcome you uh, to celebrate Christmas with us. We love to do this as a church family. We meet here every Sunday, but it doesn't always look quite like this. And uh, we're really excited to be able to share something of the message of Christmas with you. And it's always a funny thing when you get to Christmas and you're, you know you've got to speak about Christmas. It can be hard to think, well, what should I talk about? You know, should I talk about peace, hope, or love? But I'll tell you the thing that's been going around my head, and this is going to sound strange to you, but the thing that's been going around my head is the whole idea of being invisible. And in particular, the, the, the main point that I want to just think about for a few minutes this afternoon is that Christmas tells us that you are not invisible. That's what I want us to think about and chew over for a little bit. You are not invisible. But you may be think, sitting there thinking, well, I, to be honest, I didn't think I was. I'm not, this doesn't come as a great shock to me. This is not a, a, a new revelation. This is an obvious thing. But I want to suggest to you that actually this idea of being invisible is quite intriguing to us as human beings. You see, I think that being invisible is sort of one of our greatest desires, but also one of our greatest fears. See, I sort of like the idea of being invisible. I mean, who here hasn't at least at some point in their life dreamt about the idea of being invisible? Just, just me. And uh, <laughs> who hasn't dreamt of having a Harry Potter invisibility cloak thing that you swoosh over you and you can turn up wherever you want? You see, we, there's something quite attractive about being invisible. There's something quite compelling about being able to do stuff that no one else can see. We like that idea. But at the same time, being invisible is also one of our greatest fears. The idea that I could go through my whole life and no one would ever see me, well, that, that's terrifying to me. I, I want to be seen, right? I, I want people to see me. I want people to notice me. I don't know if you saw this week on the uh, BBC website, there was a headline that caught my eye. This is the third headline on the BBC website. This is the third most important piece of news from the past week. Man cements head into microwave. That was the headline. There was a guy who had got his friends, they'd put a plastic bag over his, over his head with a little straw so he could breathe. Then they'd filled up a microwave with cement while his head was inside. Okay? Unsurprisingly, he couldn't then get it off. So they had to call the fire brigade. The fire brigade took like an hour and a half breaking this man out. Why? Because he is a YouTuber. And his number one aim is to get views on YouTube. His number one aim is to be seen. He wants to be seen. And if that means cementing your head into a mic, that's okay. It's just the prize of art. <laughs> you see, there's something we want to be seen. And so we have this weird thing that happens in our lives where I like the idea of being invisible because then no one could see me, but I also I really want to be seen. I, I, I hate the thought of being invisible. One of the best books that, um, that I've read this year um, is it's a brilliant book and it's got a brilliant film to go with it, A Monster Calls. It's a fantastic book. 
And in it, uh, there's, a, there's a boy, um, and his mum is dying. And a, a monster comes to help him. And the monster tells him stories. I won't tell you the whole thing, but it's very powerful. It's very moving. And in one of the stories, uh, this, is what the, this is what the monster says to him. There was once an invisible man who had grown tired of being unseen. It was not that he was actually invisible. It was that the people had become used to not seeing him. And if no one sees you, are you really there at all? And one of the central ideas of this, of this book, of this story, is that here's a boy whose mum is dying, and he just wants to be seen, and no one will notice him. It's very powerful. Because we have such a desire to be seen. So I want to tell you this Christmas, you are not invisible. And I want to show you a story from the Bible. Again, it's not a very Christmassy story. There are no shepherds or stars. But there is an invisible woman. Not actually invisible, but no one's really seen her. And she's a woman who has a baby. And at this point, you might be thinking, I know it. I know this one. It's Mary. It's not Mary. <laughs> this is a woman called... Actually, do you know what? People never even used her name. They just used to call her slave. She had a master and a mistress. She belonged to them, and they would say, slave. They didn't even use her name. And yet we told her name. Her name was Hagar. And Hagar was an invisible woman. No one really noticed her. And her master and mistress longed to have a child. In fact, they'd been promised a child by God. But they couldn't have a child. And so they said to their servant, their slave, right, we want you to have a child for us. Do you see how she's just used like an object? The pain of this is horrendous. And so the master sleeps with the slave. She gets pregnant. She has a child. And then her mistress mistreats her, abuses her, insults her, and she runs away. She's an unseen woman. She's an invisible woman. No one has seen her until the most extraordinary thing happens. For the first time in her life, someone sees her. Let me read you what happened. I'll put it on the screen so you can follow it with me. This is from a book of the Bible called Genesis, right near the start. Genesis chapter 16. It says this. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, look at that. Do you see it? He calls her by name. Hagar. She's never called by name. Slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. So here is this unseen woman who is mistreated and abused and used so wrongly. She runs away. She finds a place in the desert 
And then she meets someone who says, Hagar, I care about you. I see you. And do you see who it is that we're told makes her? It's the angel of the Lord is the one who saw her. The angel of the Lord, that is God's very messenger himself. God revealing himself to her. And look at her response. This is so beautiful. Look what she says. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And for Hagar, this was the most life-changing moment when finally, at last, she was seen. And I want to say that that little statement there, I have seen the one who sees me, is a terrific summary of Christmas. What is Christmas all about? Christmas is about seeing the one who sees us. That's what Christmas is all about. Now, I don't know how you feel about being seen. If I told you this afternoon that there is a God in heaven who made this world, a God in heaven who made you, and he sees you, I wonder how you feel about that. You see, sometimes to be told, I saw you, is encouraging, right? That's a nice thing to hear. But sometimes if someone says, I saw you, that's not so encouraging. When I'm driving down the street and I see a yellow box at the side of the road, I don't go, oh, how lovely. How thoughtful, of the, how thoughtful of the council to care so much about me that they want to keep an eye on me as I drive down the road. What a wonderful thing it is that these people see me. No. As I drive down the road, I'm like, they're watching me. <laughs> and there is a part of us, isn't it, that says, but if God sees me, then that's quite scary. Because I quite like being hidden. I don't want God to see what I'm truly like. There are things I want you to see about me, but there's things I really don't want you to see about me. And yet here is the God who sees us. That means he doesn't just see how lovely I am and how good I am and what an act I can put on. He sees what I'm really like. He sees everything. Yes, he sees the good I do, but he also sees the angry words I speak. He sees the selfish thoughts I have. He sees the greedy things I do. He sees it all. I don't know about you. This afternoon, if you try and pitch that, whether you're, I know that there's all sorts of people here this afternoon who have all sorts of different views. But let's just pretend, if you don't believe there's a God at the moment, just pretend with me for a minute. Imagine there is. How do you feel about the fact that he sees you fully? quite a sobering thought I think and yet here is the glorious thing right this is the good news the good news of Christmas is that when God sees us he loves us when God sees us he does not act to punish us instead he acts to save us that's the message of Christmas And so a baby was born. That baby is Jesus, the Son of God, the Son, the very Son of God, who was sent by his Father from heaven to be born in a manger. And Jesus is the one who sees us in all our messed up mistakes and faults and rebellion, all of that. He sees it all. 
And I want to take you to another invisible woman. Another invisible woman sitting by a well in a desert. Another woman for whom society had rejected her. A woman who met Jesus. Listen to this in John chapter 4. You have to listen to this one. It's not on the screen. There was a woman who came to this well in the middle of the day. She came when no one else would be there. She came because she was ashamed of her past. But Jesus saw her. And Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And Jesus sees this woman and he knows that she has a bad background and he talks about that later on. But he sees her and he says, I have a gift for you. I have a gift of water. I have a gift that will make you satisfied. I have a gift of life forever and ever. Here is the one who sees us. When God looks at me and he sees me, I deserve for him to punish me. When God looks at me and sees me, I deserve for him to to reject me. But instead, he welcomes me. Why? Because that's what Jesus came for. The very reason Jesus came was so that he could see people like that woman, so that he could see people like me, and rather than reject us, he could save us. You see, this is why the baby born in a wooden manger would end up dead on a wooden cross. When Jesus died on a cross, it was there that he did what was necessary to save me. When Jesus died on a cross, this is the extraordinary thing, and it if you fall and slightly sleep, try and wake up this because this is, this is mind-blowingly good. If you, if, yeah. As Jesus died on the cross, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or, my God, my God, why can't you see me? Because at the cross, God ignored his son. He, God turned away from his son so that he could turn towards me. Jesus took my sin, my rebellion, my filth, he took it on himself and as he died, he was cut off from his father so that God could welcome me. So this afternoon, it is good news that God sees you. It is good news that God sees you. You don't have to cement your head into a microwave this Christmas. You don't even have to try really hard to be good. You don't have to give your money or pray however much or go to church. You don't have to do any of those things in order to be seen by God. He sees you. He knows what you're truly like. And he sent his son to die for you. That's why as Christians we get excited about Christmas. That's why as Christians... We sing these carols and we say, this is true. There's a God who sees me. And perhaps some of you are sitting here and you're someone who says, I'm desperate to be seen. I'm desperate. I I fear being lonely. I fear being alone this Christmas. Discover the one who sees you. Just like Hagar in the middle of the desert. Learn to say with her, I have seen the one who sees 
me. I wonder this Christmas if, if you'll come and see this Jesus. And it's that simple. You come to him and you say, Jesus, thank you that you see me. Thank you that you don't reject me despite my sin. Thank you that you died to save me. And this Christmas, that is how you discover what it means to be seen by God. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and then we're going to sing our final carol. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the one who sees us. Father, we thank you that this Christmas time, in that baby Jesus, we have seen the one who sees us. And Father, thank you that you see us as we truly are. Thank you that we don't have to put on an act and pretend to be something we're not. Father, thank you that you see us. And you so loved us that you sent your son to save us. Father, we pray this Christmas that we know what it is to be seen and loved by you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.